Hi, I'm Alexandra Roxo, your host of the Holy Fuck Podcast. I've created this podcast because I want to explore how the mystical touches us in our everyday lives, how the sacred and the profane move together, like two sides of the same coin. I found that personally, the most magical view I can choose of life is when I find the divinity, the healing, and the transformation in all of life. In this podcast, you can expect to hear inspiring conversations and storytelling that touch the heart and awaken the soul. This is a place for the modern seeker, passionate human, and curious explorer. A place where we can redefine what is sacred and what is profane, and just have the courage to open to it all. A place where we can step out of the mainstream programming and choose what stories, beliefs, and rituals we hold sacred and true. On this podcast, you're going to hear from people on all sorts of walks of life, sharing what they're passionate about, what keeps them awake at night, what they consider to be sacred, what they consider to be profane, how they have explored life and freed their hearts and souls through love and spiritual practice, art, meditation, sex, drugs, birthing, prayer, just experiencing life in all of its wild tragedies and comedies. Plus, ideas, explorations, advice, and truths from me on sex, relationships, spirituality, and what it means to be a human on this planet at this time. If you found that you're also a rebel mystic who doesn't fit into the flattened ideas of good and bad and spirituality, but sees the nuance that life has to offer us, then I hope you find a home with me here in this podcast. Enjoy. Hi, everybody. Okay, I have been waiting for this podcast with one of my best friends, Sadi Simone, who has been playing very hard to get because he's super famous now. Um, <laughs> and so I'm really glad that we finally got to sit down. We sat down here in Colorado in my house together in person. And we talked about some things and I asked him some things that no one has asked him before. So I'm really, 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 really excited for this one. If you loved it, share it. If you enjoy it, DM us, tell us what stood out, what inspired you. And um, I hope you can feel the love in this one because it is full of it. Okay, enjoy. All right, here we are. <laughs> Holy fuck podcast with my friend Saudi Simone. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been waiting for this moment. Oh my god, me too. <laughs> <laughs> for us to come together and to talk about you. <sighs> okay, so for those of you listening, if you don't know Saw, where have you been? <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> so how do you describe yourself nowadays? Because I heard that like you've added a new label to your label box. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I am an experienced darling. Yes. I have I'm labelless. But you know, for the sake of having um, uh, orientation and direction for this experience, this fleeting experience that I call Sa, that you call Sa, that we call Sa, um, I added the, the label artist as a way for me to um, have more more fun, more play, um, and to give myself the, the permission to create more art, you know? And I think, uh, I think artists are the, are the ones who are able to convey these ineffable, paradoxical, controversial, contradicting truths that is the spiritual path in really, really profound ways that um, books can't do it, uh, talks can't do it, um, but you, sometimes you look at a, at, a, at a performance art, sometimes you look at a painting, um, and you're just able to be, you're able to actualize the, the heavenly plane, the celestial vocabulary, the ineffable truth, the love of the cosmic mother in ways that, that words lack the capacity, you know? And I started to understand that because I think the more I've, I've um, the deeper I got into to my studies and my, my, my self-practice, I started to understand the necessity of paradox and two truths existing together, 
not one being better than the other, but them both existing in the same field. And I realized that in our culture, um, we don't have that capacity. Um, not because we're not resourceful or we're not intelligent. We're just not, we're not socialized and conditioned um, um, to think about life in this way. It's one thing only. These people are good. These people are bad. This is good. This is not. You know, it's, 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 there's no way to, to have what, what they say in the tantric uh, uh, literature and in, in the canonical text, uh, transfiguration, mm -hmm. the ability to see poison as medicine. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a paradox, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. um, so long answer for a short question, but that's, that's why the artist has come into it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you've inspired me so much because that's how you've always led. You've always led as an artist. And I met you um, when you're already in, in the, you know, as a spiritual guide, as a coach, as an author. But what drew me to you was your art. Yeah. It was Be Here Now-ish. was that, you know, preformance, preformance that that show was. Yeah. You know. Well, I love that because I always saw you as that in the last few years of knowing you. And something about like spiritual teacher sometimes felt stiff mm -hmm. or felt like um, just old school. Mm -hmm. And I remember so uh, just like I remember it like it was yesterday being in this Jeep with you going from Kathmandu up into the Himalayas and you were in the front seat and you were like, um, there's, I want to get some wigs. I want to start performing. There's something that I need to do. Like, and like, mm. it was the shift. It was the artistic inspiration that was like wanting to come through you for this next phase that now so many people are experiencing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I could feel how, even though you hadn't seen the spiritual teachers that you probably looked up to doing that mm -hmm. performance art performing mm -hmm. like um you know comedy like skits like all of this mm -hmm. even though you hadn't seen that like there's a part of you that was just like i'm gonna have to live that and i remember that moment mm -hmm. of struggle in a way because mm -hmm. it was like you had you, you, the persona that you had been developing mm -hmm. was like getting some really good praise even mm -hmm. then it was like you know you were you spoke at can you were like mm -hmm. spoke at the un you were in new york like in this kind of like business got it together saw that's right and i remember hearing you and it's like this is something i think a lot of people go through it's like well if i let this freak flag fly mm -hmm. are people still going to take me seriously mm -hmm. oh can God. i be a serious spiritual teacher can mm -hmm. i be a you know someone who really inspires from depth mm -hmm. if i put on this crazy wig and if mm -hmm. i put on these sunglasses and, and the high heels and the makeup yeah. and scream and dance and wear you know, clothes that are, you know, gendered for, you know, it's just yeah. that kind of thing. Okay, so with all that being said, like, how did you make the first step from that moment in the car mm -hmm. in um, Nepal where mm -hmm. we were, you were expressing your desire? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then that moment, that moment, and like, I remember like it was yesterday, and as you're talking about, it, I remember I have, I have full body chills. Oh, what an amazing experience that was. Oh, my God. So that moment and that journey, I had just locked in the deal to write Spiritually Sassy. Yeah. You know, and um, and that that experience, the the. Now I have to write this book. Now I'm going to write this book called Spiritually Sassy. And to be honest, I had sort of like created the, the, the manuscript and the idea about the book one thing and then the editors and the team and 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 my age and everyone kind of saw the book completely transforming to something new mm. uh, because it was that specific thing it was like relinquishing releasing the leading letting go of this idea that a spiritual seeker and a spiritual teacher have to perform what i call the zombie zen namaste
Mm-hmm. My name is Sally Simone, and welcome to your meditation practice. If you right. look at my earlier work, that's what I sounded like. Right, right, and right, now you right. you enter into my new my class my classes. Now it's like, hello, my loves, and welcome. Right. It's such an honor and a joy to be your guide. Like it just the the tonality has changed. All of it shifted um, when I started to when I started to understand that the most transformative transformative experience I've had were with my spiritual masters that were. Uh, its foundation were humor, jokes, playfulness, you know, and and storytelling in a way that that were making fun of themselves. They're making fun of 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 the ridiculousness of the things that we have to do to become spiritually liberated. So it it, it released. Who this, are those people? Jutsuma Tenzin Palmo. Okay, so you know? she does a lot of kind of she laughing at things. She plays, um, you know, Ram Das. Yes, he you know, yes. Zonks against the Rinpoche. Yeah, uh, Lama Zopa Rinpoche. Oh my God, a constant cat. It's just yes. an ongoing laughter. And if you're not understanding that through that long, 15-minute long laughter that that living saint is offering you is not a transmission, something, you've, you've missed yeah. the plot. Yeah. And I had missed the plot. But And then Dalai Lama. Look yeah. how many times he's making us laugh, you know? Uh. he It's just a constant joke. And he laughs at himself so regularly. And yeah. at the beginning of my journey, I, I had to take on this sort of force seriousness, this zombie zen um, to be able to like really like at the beginning of the path you need discipline yeah and you continue to have discipline but the discipline becomes devotion you know uh, and it's devotional discipline or you can say just the discipline transforms itself into being devotional so there's more ease more love yeah. more care more sweetness but so what you experience in the car and what people have been following my work and and me myself saying this right now the the trajectory of becoming spiritually sassy and being authentic came out of a out of a out of feeling like i left the fashion world i left that those labels those boxes those those that experience and i found myself into another one wearing all white walking bare feet carrying crystals having all kinds of necklaces speaking like this living like that and then waking up to that i was in another i was wearing another dress that was too tight that didn't fit me and then waking up out of that and realizing that the path to alignment that I want to walk, that I've seen others walking, is paved with joy, mm-hmm. is paved with with uh, with laughter, and this laughter is not a laughter of neglect. Right. It's a laughter of resilience. Mm-hmm. It's a laughter of of I will pick myself back up again mm-hmm. and again and again, no matter how many how many times I fall. Um, and so this, so that's how the spiritually sassy path was born, and it was through writing that book and having and being sort of rejected and and outwardly humiliated. We experienced some of this together in Bodh Gaya, um, by some people from these holy sites, holy places, that they are saying that this is not spiritual. What you're, that's not how you should. Uh, behave and talk and, and eat and dress. When was you know? a moment like that, if you can share, where you felt like you were ostracized from the spiritual oh my community? God. I, honey, oh my God, there's been so many times, but I, I remember too that you were there for it, but perhaps you were, you were so No, I above. remember. I yeah. just want to yeah. share with yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a couple of times. First, we went to receive this uh, this uh, Vajrasafa initiation yep. with this high lama, which is this high teacher in Kathmandu, Nepal. And we walk in and everyone's looking at us like we're these, like they were looking at us like we're a bunch of freaks. And then we sit up there, up at the front, because we wanted to receive the transmission and be close to the guru. And then people are saying, no, you're, you don't belong here. You're not supposed to sit, sit here. Go sit in the back. Right. You know? And who, how did they, what did they, how, what did they know about us besides how we look? You know, if there were truly, and this is all my all my perception and all my bias and all my ignorance, right, that I'm projecting onto them now, but for the sake of, of yeah, illuminating yeah, yeah. intimacy into my inner world, that's why I'm telling the story from my perspective purely. Um, if they were truly liberated practitioners who were actually receiving uh, an oral instructions from, from a saint, they would have looked at a group of people who looked nothing like anybody else and being excited. Yeah. That the freaks were here, yeah. that the fashionistas were there, 
that the New York uh, club kids were here, you know, and, and ready to receive this empowerment practice. Yeah. That was one experience that left the residue. And, and I remember now, it was like someone asked us, right? Like, they're like, hi, can yeah. you meet? Yeah. 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 And then in Bodh Gaya, same thing. But Same I want to, before we move to Bodh Gaya, I want to say the experience mm. in Kathmandu, what I loved about that day, and this will never leave me, was that you had such a drive to get us in mm -hmm. to this holy ceremony. Mm -hmm. And you, I would have just like gone, oh, there's a private thing happening, let's go. Right. And like been in my good girl, like I grew up in the South or something like that. That mm -hmm. kind of old default thing. Yeah. Yeah. But what I loved about that day is that you had the audacity because you're so devoted to your path to go, oh, my God, how amazing we, we got here on this holy ceremony. We are going in. That's right. And we're getting in. And um, even though. Later, we were faced with that, like, hey, go sit in the back. I still think that there was something so courageous, and mm -hmm. I will remember that. It was like, you were like, we're going in. Mm -hmm. And we even, not only, we, we, we didn't even just get in, we got a blessing. We got a fucking blessing. Yeah, and that was because of you not being afraid mm. to to just kind of like oh we're gonna just be in the way yeah and oh oh you can't come in yeah oh okay bye thank you bye no honey uh-uh lemma rod owens um he he asked i asked him what does it mean to be spiritually sassy because i asked everybody that when they come on my show and he said I, I'm paraphrasing. I just remember. I just remember the word audacity mm -hmm. being one of the words that he uses. Yeah. It's an audacity to become liberated. Mm -hmm. It's an audacity to become free. It's an audacity to live as an offering to the world. Yeah. Um, and to become spiritually liberated, uh, and I think to become genuinely, sustainably happy, you have to to you know swim up against the stream and 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 be audacious about your choices because everybody else is 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 you know it it just won't happen yeah you know because it we're, won't happen it won't if happen. you don't take the initiative and the the initiative is is scary moments where you have the audacity to go okay i'm gonna do this thing i'm mm -hmm. gonna say this i'm gonna mm -hmm. write this i'm gonna mm -hmm. create this mm -hmm. and so okay that was the one moment and then the good guy and then the good guy it was kind of similar but it was a little bit more um there was a little bit more of like public humiliation like in Kathmandu, we we're in this in this gompa that fits like 300 people so you can't really you couldn't really under, if you yeah. were sitting just around there you couldn't really see that that a couple of people were like you know, whispering and right. talking and trying to get us out of there. But in, in Bodh Gaya was a small little gompa. Gompa are meditation halls. And this one was like a, a 50 people one, maybe like 30 people one. Yeah. Small. And we had gone to receive the, the Manjushri empowerment from the His Holiness Dalai Lama. And then we came back and we were sitting in a room where this monk and this was going to was going to um was going to translate um, not translate, um, actually explain some of the things that you had to do once you received that empowerment. And, and then one person there, I can, I can remember uh, their face so vividly. I in my can mind. too. Yeah. Um, says, you're not supposed to be here. You didn't take that empowerment. You're not supposed to be. I'm like, uh, we were there, you know, with his knowledge of Dalai Lama. We heard the words. We sat in, we had conviction, we have faith, we believe in this lineage, we believe in this, in this, in this master, we, be, we have unwavering faith. The quality of that faith gives us the, the, gives us, buys us a seat in this room, you know, it doesn't matter what you say, you know, the quality of our, and I love what I just said, the quality of our faith buys us a ticket to be in that room. Yeah. And that's what it was. And she couldn't understand that. No. And because of that, we had another outburst, another moment of eruption. Um, but the beautiful thing that happened with all of this, and this is just kind of a side note, but kind of an amazing tie-in. I remember I'm getting so aggravated, so angry at her. And I think I think one of us like slams the door and said, you know, like, bye, bitch, I'm getting out, whatever. And then we all just left angry. And then we, I think a couple of us went to the Bodhi tree, you know, to mm -hmm. sit under the tree where, his, where the historical Buddha sat and became enlightened. Um, 
And I remember just like meditating on anger and then that anger transformed itself um, into, into forgiveness. Um, and, and I remember having that massive shift and, and then forgiving, forgiving this person for having caused that, that harm and then forgiving myself for having bought into the anger and having poisoned my system by living in an angry state for that amount of time. Mm. And then asking him for forgiveness because oftentimes when we have a, a, a eruption with another being, through the literature, we often believe that has something to do with the past life, yeah. right? So we were sharing, we're erupting some kind of karma with this person. Um, but then I had that moment of that shift in my heart and I came back and I remember sitting on a bench next to a bag and then that was this person's bag so she had to come and grab her bag and um (laughs) and then there was no way for us to not talk and then you know they said i'm sorry you know i'm i've been so stressed i'm sorry i'm sorry can i say sorry to all of your friends i was like yeah please they would all appreciate you actually like um saying forgive me for for being you know, ignorant and yeah. and outwardly humiliating you. Um, so it's these instances that have uh, given me the fire to create this path of 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 saying, you know, it's let's be spiritually sassy, let's be audacious about our liberation. You know. Yeah. Well, those. It's like with that. Y- you are walking into those spaces as a different type of figure than people are used to. Mm-hmm. And so what it brings up probably is like some sort of a fear in them that then creates a response of, no, not okay. That's Be right. quiet or sit in the back or like, this isn't okay because mm-hmm. people are essentially guardians of these old ideas mm-hmm. about what's okay, right? Wow guardians of these old ideas and it's not the old scriptures it's their their own sort of a prejudice around what should be and what is okay and what is not exactly exactly Mm -hmm. um and so to question those and i've had that same i've had similar experiences in spiritual community or spaces (laughs) (laughs) i know you've had honey (laughs) where i've felt like I was treated like I was, you know, a Jezebel, a seductress, mm. like mm-hmm. a wild witch, whatever, um, and had to face that in myself of like, do I want to be a part of a tradition or a practice that I feel like I can't fully be myself in? Mm-hmm. And that happened to me more in my 20s. Mm-hmm. And eventually, I was able to kind of work through some of that karma. I still haven't found myself within, like, organized religion or really any specific organized uh, patriarchal kind of a system because of that. Because right. I do feel um, in some of those spaces, like, I'm really not allowed to be fully myself. Now... As I was talking today with a client, this is a very, this is a, the particular teacher's um, kind of theory or, or idea but about three different stages of expression, which mm. um, I don't have to say his name or I can. <laughs> <laughs> we'll credit him in our hearts for now. Uh, um, say it. Well, it's a David Data. Yeah. Uh, okay. I We're talking it. about it. We were talking about it yesterday. <laughs> You're, you, you guys are changing my perspective, which I love. Okay, yeah, because some people definitely have perspective about his work um, being really gendered, right? And very maybe exclusionary towards people mm-hmm. who don't fit into certain gender boxes. But, um, and I don't know him personally, so I'm just... I also heard that it's the new age practitioners of his material that are very heteronormative, who are the ones who are drawn to it. Because I heard that people who have actually studied with him um, personally, were uh, lots of queer couples, lots of people in all in, kinds yeah, of people, that's right? right? So, so it's just like a lot of different traditions. Yeah. Or practices. I don't know his work. You're the you're yeah. the first person to kind of one of the first people to introduce it to me a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's profoundly touched my life through different teachers, through that's my right. partner, etc. Um, 
But I like what you said is that maybe some new age practitioners kind of co-opt some of the concepts and then, um, what's the word, like bastardize them or, 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 or flatten them. So, um, but what I was going to say is one of the concepts, which again, this is through the lens of my own interpretation is kind of three phases of expression or three stages in general that can happen in relationship and loving and the first stage of expression is like the one that comes for the self like me for me I I have a right to express myself right like as a kid I was told to be quiet to sit still you're weird you're fat you're this you're that right so now as an adult as a person that's healing coming home to myself I'm like yes I get to express myself fully yeah right Mm -hmm. so that would be the first stage for me right and then the second stage would be like Okay, how do I express myself fully as an invitation to others? Mm-hmm. As as a, so that I'm not and and I made a lot of mistakes in my early years and I'm actually I'm saying this because when I went into some of those traditional yoga communities in my t- early 20s, I was still in a bit of a first stage expression. Mm-hmm. I have the right to be myself fully mm-hmm. everywhere in life, right? Mm-hmm. But what I <laughs> But what I wasn't fully taking into account was just like how that can actually not be an invitation at times, Mm. like that I have to take into account the other hearts in the room, the other people in the room. And I had a great teacher who said this to me once, you know, like if you come into a room as a woman, like in your sexiest, hottest, look at me, most expressed, and there's a bunch of women in that room who you're not creating an invitation towards with your presence you're actually going to probably get a wall from them and so that happened to me a lot when I was younger because Mm. I thought well it's my I can just come in just being so fucking fabulous all the time but I wasn't actually feeling the other people around Mm -hmm. and and inviting them in Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so this is so delicious keep going I'm just like oh there's a real difference between Mm -hmm kind of this me for me I'm allowed to express myself totally fully whenever I want wherever I want and the the second stage or second phase of that which would be and now I'm going to take into account you and maybe I invite you in with my presence Mm -hmm. right and so you know maybe I am wearing this fabulous outfit and you're not and you look kind of shitty or whatever and so immediately you look at me and you're like oh she's fabulous I'm mm-hmm. not. but I take a moment to stop and acknowledge you to say hello etc mm-hmm. so and then the third stage would be um, bringing the sacred in kind of how does my presence my self-expression now liberate love in the world L- bring mm-hmm. people to the sacred Bring God into the world, however you want to say it. So Ooh, again, I love these are this. yeah, these are through my veil, but this is very David Data crediting him. But again, through my, the lens of my own interpretation and, mm-hmm. and paraphrasing. Um, but I think when I was younger, I stepped into some of those more yogic communities, and I felt like Ugh, I should be able to express myself fully here. Mm-hmm. These people are oppressing me mm-hmm. because I'm a woman, and my mm-hmm. sexuality is not. Loud and, mm-hmm. da, 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 and and I just you know kind of um, I just kind of like poo pooed it right and then through time I learned that I can be expressed but without closing the hearts or pushing out the mm-hmm. people around me. Mm-hmm. So what I loved about what you did in um, India and in Nepal is that you didn't you know you closed for a second I think when you were like bye bitch or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then I felt you stay in your audacious presence, Mm -hmm. but invite this woman in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In Bodh Gaya. Which I I remember being like, oh my God, (laughs) don't talk to her. She's in. You know, my first thought was like, why is God inviting her in? But you yeah. invited her in. Mm-hmm. So you didn't stay in the, I should be allowed to do whatever I want, wherever I want, right? Mm-hmm. You then were like, and here she is. Hi. Hi. So then what happened in that moment? Like, You know, I hear what, what I remember that was like landing for me deeply was, you know, that the natural law of karma, also the natural law of justice, known as, as the natural law of justice as well, 
says that if it's if it's there, it's because we put it there. Right. You know, so God, yes. and that's so hard to believe and it's so hard to live with and it's so hard to actualize it. And at first I was like, you are on my path. Get the fuck out of the way. Right. You know, and then I forgot that if it's there, it's because I put it there. That 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 depth of expansion of of wisdom only came after I sat with boiling, rageful anger under the Bodhi tree. Mm-hmm. And then I, I sat there and I sat there and I sat there and the anger continuously like it moved up the emotional ladder and then slowly, 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 slowly what what cracked open was a, a, a deeper level of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. You know, but it was in that openness that that then I think every time we crack open in these kind of experiences, we're then becoming a you know, what I like to call a permissionary. You know, like we're a missionary of, of peace. We're a missionary of love. And we're not just doing it for ourselves. We're then being a permission slip for people to actually like mm. this armor. Yes. You know, and yeah, when yeah, I yeah. came back to the monastery, we came back to the monastery and her bag was there and, and the whole thing happened. And I was I was operating from this permissionary perspective and this permissionary state of being. She's now invited to put down the gun. Yes. You know, this armor. Exactly. You know, we're we're in this together. We're both part of each other's experiences, you know? Like your suffering is part of my suffering. How wild is it that we get to share in this yeah. in this way? You yes. Know? And what I love about that is basically you took this moment where two people had two different opinions, right? This can mm-hmm. be really applied to so many places in our world today. Two people, two different opinions, two different ways of being, right? And there was a conflict. And the conflict brought forth all this rage, pain, Mm -hmm. past traumatic experiences, etc. You sat with it. And then you let that open you. You opened through it. You stayed open through it. And then you put down your own ego and said, I'm going to liberate love in this Mm -hmm. moment by inviting this woman to sit Mm -hmm. with us and talk to us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's where it elevates Boom, into the big, into the sacred, into, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. God's back in the room. God is back in the room. You the know, guns are All down. of a sudden, it's God's back in the room. Yeah. And that is something that I think nowadays people are really needing to be aware of. There's so much division, so much this person is wrong, this person is right, they're doing it bad. This cancel bad, culture. Cancel culture, all of it. And it's like, it's become so, like, so lacking of nuance Mm -hmm. our fragility is no longer a superpower our fragility is the gateway to cancellation yeah you know and that is fucked our fragility our hypersensitivity should be expanding our hearts to be as vulnerability or yeah yeah honesty Mm -hmm. even honesty oh gosh wow i have a judgment against you but you're not allowed to have judgments against people. You're not allowed to admit it, right? So essentially it creates more separation between people because if I admit, you know, so I have a judgment against Brazilian gay men. It's so annoying that I have it, but I mm-hmm, have it. Mm-hmm. I could get mm-hmm, canceled. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Alexander, you're not allowed to judge that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So just keep it inside. Mm-hmm. Let it rot inside. You know, mm-hmm, and it's like there's mm-hmm. definitely different ways for us to admit our weaknesses in our humanity mm-hmm. um, besides doing it in a mean way besides yeah but there's something to be said about the fact like w- w- keep I mean I think about this just because of, of the, the, the the kind of following that I have on social media that like some of the comments that I hear it's like keep that to yourself well, chew on your words absolutely taste your words sis you know yeah. what I mean taste your words if it's sour you know chew it back like digest it again you yes. know what I mean before you spit it out to the world so I think the one word when I think about about cancel culture is our inability to, to allow people to change right our inability to see God in everybody our inability to to recognize that our sensitivity and fragility um, can be the gateway to the cosmic mother not to our demonic tendencies you know yeah. what I mean um, but what if you have a friend and there's a sacred space that you can well, out yeah, I your don't judgments mean on the internet. to yeah it's a not different story not on the internet yeah, 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 yeah. to be telling strangers yeah. because no, no, I no, get no. told all day every day but uh, well, a lot of different people and I'm just like no. sis skip to yourself well that's another you know? it's another product it's like the flip side of the same coin that's right? right like the flip side of the same coin is like 
like, okay, you're not allowed to be a human who has anything that may be controversial about you, right? Mm -hmm. So self-censor in your relationships or in your writing or whatever. Mm -hmm. Don't admit that, Mm -hmm. like, you Mm -hmm. also are flawed. But then also, you know, there's this culture of screaming everything on the internet. And it's that. Like, that is so toxic. That. So it's two different toxic ways, right? I'm not saying don't, you know, tell everyone your opinions or judgments, yeah. but admitting to yourself or mm-hmm. amongst the people you love, or if you're a writer, being okay to admit, wow, I have this. I'm a woman who still has this sometimes chip on my shoulder about white men, and I just, I, I can feel it as a writer or something like that, letting that be liberating and not going, well, I'm not going to say that because I might offend you know, other people are, mm-hmm, you know, but mm-hmm. nowadays white men are allowed to be offended. So because <laughs> everyone's like, just put it on them. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. Hello. Okay. So I just want to take a quick break from the episode to share about one of my affiliate partners, Chakrabs, the original crystal sex toy company. You may have seen me share about them on Instagram or in the press because I have, because I love them. <laughs> Vanessa Cuccia, who's the founder of the company, and she was also a guest on this podcast in episode six, she really pioneered the idea of using crystals for heightened sexual and spiritual intimacy. Each chakra is handcrafted from a 100% natural crystal, and they're completely body safe. And the store carries a wide array of products that infuse your energetic field with the subtle energy that the crystal of your chakra holds. Using a chakra over time can help build sensitivity and reawaken subtle sensations within your body. Yay! (laughs) I have personally used them for years, and I love their products. And over the last few years, I've recommended them to many clients and survivors of sexual trauma, not only for exploring their self-pleasure, but for healing, releasing blockages, feelings held in the body, and rebuilding and reawakening their relationship to sexuality and sensuality over time. And also, they are these beautiful objects which you can put like on an altar in some way in your home to really um, embrace them. So use the link in the show notes and the code is Love at checkout to receive a 10% discount in the store. Big love and enjoy. Now back to the episode. It's an interesting time to be alive. I think that, I think that even the word um, toxic is, I find that word so uh, disorienting. Yeah. Because now we have people using that word, and you use it lightly, but I find that a lot of people, and I hear so often, they use that word as a way to to push people out. Create separation. To separate, yeah. to never see them as good. You literally are calling them, you are cancer. That's what you're saying. You are yeah. like a, 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 you are an overgrowth of cancer cells. That's what you're saying when you call someone toxic. Yeah. And you're not recognizing that by calling someone toxic, even if this person has had destructive behavior and harmful behavior, if you're calling them toxic, there's a part of you that you're holding hostage to that prison, to that very limited view of yourself. Yeah. And and I find it's, it, it's so, it pains me so much to hear people saying, I left the relationship because they were toxic. Yeah, this person's because- toxic. My mom's toxic. My dad's toxic. This person's toxic. My boss's toxic. It's like, stop using that fucking word. You and, know, and also stop like, using that fucking word. Look in your own heart yeah. and see how you are being limited in your view. The whole purpose of the of the path of liberation is for you to have this wide view, this bird's eye view about every experience. You know, yeah. if this person is there, they're there for a reason. If they're in your life, it's because they're there because you put it there. And I know this is this is controversial and contradicting and paradoxical when we have been um, uh, the victim of tremendous trauma, you know, but when we when we. Every single person who's overcome tremendous trauma, they will always say that trauma uh, happened to me and I didn't deserve it. And then through years of devoted practice, I was able to recognize how that trauma has then become a blessing in my life. And look what I've built. Look what I've created. Look the love that is the experience of Sa. You know, thank you to the bullies. Thank you for all the oppression. Thank you. I've, I've, I've created love out of, out of yeah. the pain. Uh, so, but, you know, through the first stage of, of, of healing trauma, name it. Grief, rage, anger, despair, confusion. 
um, yeah. blame, go through all of it and then land at a place where where the cracking open arises and you're no longer uh, feeling like, oh, I'm in a healing journey, but this person's toxic, this person's bad. You know, just if you're using these languages, I'm sorry, sis, you're not healing. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. People. I love you, though. I love you. <laughs> I love you so much. But I'm like, I'm just sharing with you from personal experience how I've seen this being the path of 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 self-defense to call people toxic. Yeah. You know, and I think calling people versus identifying behavioral patterns is very different. Completely. That is the healing way to go about it. Yeah. And so identifying, well, that this this feels unhealthy in my system. Well, this feels toxic or abusive, which is language you would use with a therapist or, you know, not, it's not language that I think you would throw around on social media. Oh, but that's what the social media world is about. I know, which is why you know? I'm like, ah, I don't like to be on the yeah. branch. But, um, everything's trauma and I'm not taking it away. 80% of people have experienced yeah. trauma, yeah. you know, but I think that once we become yeah, most people, yeah, most people. Yeah. And I think the other 20% are just like, like little T's and big they're just, yeah. yeah, they're just like, un, they didn't, they're not documenting their trauma, you know? Right. Um, but I think it's like once we become wounded one time and we don't have the capacity and the resource and the support system to, to unhook and heal and transform that pain into poetry, then the next Thing that happens, it re-triggers that and it re-triggers. And you know, oftentimes I see this, it's like, was that person was that person mean or am I just overly sensitive? You know, was that person mean or am I just in a traumatic uh, response right now? Right. You know, was was this traumatic or am I just overly or, or am I just overly reacting to it? Yeah. You know, um, and I'm not taking away from anyone, like trauma is Pain is the default, is the, pain is inevitable, is part of the gig, you know? But then how do we use language that has a little bit of a less of a grip? Yeah. How do we lose language that, that can help us keep experiences accountable, keep people responsible, you know, stay accountable to the consequence of your actions? And how do we create language that isn't so limiting, yeah. you know, that has openness you know that's the audacity of yeah. my path that's the audacity of your path yeah because every everything else is just that was good by the way i'm like i'm like damn no that was good shit so good. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you are you're so mm. good okay cool um well i think that's what you said about holding two truths which i would even challenge further and say many truths you know it's yeah, like yeah, i think we yeah. can hold three truths at once yeah, you yeah. know and keep going um and what you're saying now is like i i appreciate it it's almost like watching a child grow up into a teen and da, 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 and here we are and we're a part of the collective yeah. consciousness that's so it's like 10 years ago or 20 years ago, people weren't allowed to talk about trauma. They weren't allowed to say, I have anger. They weren't allowed to say, like, I'm being hurt, you know? So it's like, mm -hmm. they just, they were too busy or that wasn't a part of the collective culture, mm -hmm. the collective mm -hmm. voice that was happening. Yeah, yeah. So now it's just like, people are just like, in it, loving mm -hmm. it, like mm -hmm. massaging that part of themselves and like mm -hmm. working it. The thing is, though, we just can't Trauma get stuck worship. there. We can't get stuck there. We can go, okay, yeah, I'm like, I'm keeping walking on this path. I'm not going to stop and just stay identified in the la land of, like, recognizing my trauma and my boundaries and my this and this behaviors and this and this and, like, my inner child. Like, I have to actually now just keep walking mm. and have that be a part of my experience and my toolkit, right? Mm -hmm. And a part of my awareness, mm -hmm. right? It's... But people are coming into that awareness and, and at different levels of, of understanding and mm -hmm. at different points on the path and at different mm -hmm. ages and from different backgrounds and whatever. So um, it's kind of like when watching something that you, it starts to get um, or feel a little like, ah, a little like, ah. <laughs> and uh, like almost like a trend, a clothing trend, right? Like it's like Jinkos or something. You remember those like really baggy jeans? <laughs> It's like, at first, it's like, oh, my God, this feels so good and liberating. And then at a certain point, you're like, wow, this trend is a little embarrassing, mm -hmm. you know? And it's not that it's a bad, and I'm not, I'm not judging people who are, like, just really excited to be on that train. But it's also, it can be um, kind of like a loop. Yeah, trauma worship is a real thing. It is? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like saint worship? 
Trauma uh, worship? Trauma worship. I mean, I did a post that no wonder why it went viral because so many people were like, and it was a sound from from like someone falling to the ground <laughs> and like me watching and I, the video is like me hearing the sound and looking up and like this, the, the, the sound kind of like smashes like boom, like someone falls on the ground. And and I and on the, on the video I said this is me watching my trauma fall from the pedestal I put it on as soon as I stopped worship worshiping it. Um, Brilliant. And I think I think that the trauma worship um, <clears throat> is is this our pain identity. Yeah. You know, um, it's it's easier to uh, to complain yeah. and and gossip and talk shit and put people down, put ourselves down. Uh, and to and to bond over our our misery and our pain uh, to then it's 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 more colonized and indoctrinated condition to the, toward the, the the collective psyche to do that in, um, more uh, easily than to actually bond over inspiration and impact and contribution and yeah. and, and aspirations and dreams you know yes uh, so the trauma worship and I'm saying all this with the like kindness of the heart because I was in it you know I felt like I was in the trauma worship spiral for a long time and and just kind of like um it's it was another way to it was an unskillful way of 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 creating community but again, mm-hmm. what I'm saying is very paradoxical. It can be contradicting. It can be taken out of context because you do need support when you're healing trauma. You do need to sit in a room or sit in front of somebody who's experienced a similar thing or is validating. Yeah. Or you need that. But then how long right. will and you stay in it? Yeah. You know, like how long? When is enough enough? You know, exactly. And we're allowing ourselves to stay paradoxical and also uh, things that could be taken out of context. Yeah. But otherwise, we're just playing safe and not talking about things. So Mm -hmm. we're not saying that it's not okay. I still work on my trauma. It's just not the central force. We talked about it yesterday. Yes. It's just not my everything all day. That's right. That's right. But but it was for a certain amount of time. Mm -hmm. I had to put... Like, mm-hmm. okay, it's time to actually do some deep healing work. Mm-hmm. It's time to actually, like, make this an important part of my life. And now, when is it time to now be of service, to create again, to mm-hmm. share again, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and that, that journey is everybody's, you know? Um, only you can decide. However, I always tell people when they're doing kind of healing work, it's like, still keep creating, keep giving. Don't just fall into the tunnel of the self. Because there's just, there's... It will keep going on forever and ever and ever. It just will, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and the quickest way to meet God is contribution, yeah, service. Yeah. You know, the quickest way to experience the the love of the cosmic mother is altruism. So I want to come back to your art. Mm. So so okay. So you were a person who wasn't creating this very very smart, very catchy, very a uh, sassy, magnificent mm-hmm. work. Mm-mm. And then it just came. Mm-hmm. It cracked open, and it was How? also Tell us. It, it's also this exact thing of, and I'm glad you brought this back because it's exactly what I wanted to say, and you just you gave language to it. Um, there was a point there was the, the the change where I'm no longer in excruciating pain anymore. Yeah. So, who am I? You know, what do I share? How do I contribute yeah. if I'm not in that space anymore? That's all I talked about. You know, mm-hmm. what do I do now? Right. You know, how do I change the course of my offering, of my contribution, if it's more joyful, more resilient, more playful, more lighthearted, you know? Um, so there, I had this this huge sort of artistic transition from my my previous contribution to my 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 contribution for the last few years when i'm i haven't i'm not in excruciating pain anymore i am in pain but it's not excruciating you know it's the it's the ongoing grief of life right um so it was the what happened was that shift where i was no longer worshiping my trauma anymore that i was like actively healing myself and bringing healing to the world and and I wasn't overly identifying with my with my my pain anymore. I was I was kind of utilizing the the pain as as a as a resource for wisdom and for beauty and for service and for contribution. And that's when the offering changed from like 
being sort of like rigid and 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 more like I was I would write things that were sort of like serious and and all there's room for all of that but I'm only speaking about my own personal liberation yeah, how yeah. I got to where I'm at now and I'm far from being liberated but I'm more <laughs> I'm on a path right um, and then the kind of the creation of the of the video work kind of happened naturally when I started to be more at ease with with uh, with experiencing um, uh, joy and yeah. and 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 working uh, through my healing with joy, not as joy and smiles and neglect, as I said earlier, but as a symbol of resilience. Yeah. You know? I love that you just shared that because I think that that is an important thing. It's like to to just to hear. It's I was deep in it, identified with my pain, picking apart my pain feeling like as an artist, writer, creator, teacher, I had to have pain present in order to have something to say. Mm -hmm. Or I needed to be like crunching through my trauma and sharing mm -hmm. it at the same time. And, mm -hmm. da -da -da. and I think maybe you, me, and maybe Moon, I'm not sure, we were kind of all in the same space. That's right. And then it shifted. It shifted. You know, and for me, it's meant that I just... I don't have as much to say in real time, like on social media. I'm just, I don't want to talk about myself all the time. Like, mm -hmm. and, and I put time and, and energy into other things. One of them for me has been being in a relationship for the last year and a half. Mm -hmm. I was giving so much of my heart, my process to the internet mm -hmm. for, a, for the few years prior that then I've been putting that into devotion to my partnership. Off, mm -hmm. off the uh, privately, and that was like a big leap. Of like, oh no! Like, is that a thing? Am I allowed to yeah, do that? Yeah, am I allowed to do it? Yeah. yeah. Am I allowed to like stop? You know, kind of sharing everybody like the weighty, difficult process of being human, yeah. and woman, yeah. and healing, yeah. and instead like revel in this thing that no one else gets to see. Mm -hmm. You know, to have that audacity. Mm. I then, love that the word audacity yeah. is like the word of the show. And then to share, to share choice, beautiful nuggets when I feel called yeah. instead of feeling obligated. So, mm -hmm. you know, everybody's, I think, path is different from being in the in the heart of the heat of the pain and identifying and working with mm -hmm. it and, and then going, okay, now what's going to be born from that? For me, it was the thing I wanted, which is to fall in love. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm working so hard to heal my trauma around love and attachment and relating. And then I was like, oh, great. I've, boom, I'm in another phase. For you, you're like working so hard to heal all this stuff. And then, boom, you're in another phase where mm -hmm. you're actually now accepted widely mm -hmm. for all of the parts of you that you felt like were not acceptable. I know, how crazy. <laughs> That's so true. And I'm like, I'm loved right now in a way that, like, I was so terrified that I would never be loved. You know, so it's like, it doesn't, it, our paths are so different, all of our friends as well, but it's it also makes perfect sense. Oh, my God, yeah. So, the, I, would, I just, like, want to say that you are a performer and you are an artist. Mm -hmm. Like, that's your contribution now. Mm -hmm. Do you yeah. know that? Yeah, I am, I'm stepping into it more, you know, more and more um, thinking about these, um, thinking about art and, 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 and performance and performance, right? Um, as like the gateway to my liberation and, and also the expression of my contribution. Um, and I'm just, you know, looking at, at performance artists who are, um, who have this spiritual uh, backbone, who are bringing, uh, you know, religious totem into the practice, who are adorning their bodies and their sets and their experiences as these, you know, iconic Himalayan temples and, you know, or, or what they're saying, maybe they're not adorning the things and as a, as a temple, but they are creating these experiences for people to actually like experience God in a different way, experience the mother, experience the Buddha nature in a different way. Um, so I'm just exploring that. I'm in this really amazing uh, and extremely challenging season of of just like grieving the old self, you know, as yeah. we're talking about liberation and happiness and all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, and I'm also entering head on to like this, this old, this, this, excuse me, this new version of me. You know, yeah. where I actually wrote about it today. I was like, oh, I miss the old version. I'm missing the old version of me because... What do you miss about him? The the joy. The ecstatic joy. Oh. You know? Wait, oh, oh, who's, who's here now? 
the one that's in the process. Okay, got you it. You know, the one that's like okay. the in between. I see. I the see. in between. I see. Um, and I, and the yeah. only reason why I'm, I'm 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 sharing this is to share to people that like, yeah, I have this like, you know, big revelation and change in in the end of 2012, and then another one in 2014, and then another one a couple of years ago, and then it just yeah, it just it the as long as you're you're radically changing and recognize that change is sloppy and messy and painful, and you're you're dismantling the labels that you held for yourself, and you're okay with becoming a different version of yourself, you know, multiple versions of yourself in 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 short amount of time. Uh, then you truly, I think you're truly becoming liberated. So for me, yeah. the path that I'm on now is is trying to not be a workaholic. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and I think workaholism was a way for me to to uh, not touch base with this beautiful creative gift that I'm actually here to contribute. Mm. Uh, that I've just slowly been glimpsing. One may say, oh my God, Sal, what are you talking about? Look at all the things you've done. Yeah, but I also know. From mm. the inside out, that I'm just touching the surface of yeah. my contribution as an artist, as a healing artist, as a spiritual artist into the world. So I'm in this in between phase where, like, I'm I'm grieving the my the my old the the old ways that I used to offer um, myself to the world and contribute. You know, uh, not too long ago, I closed the spiritually sassy school. Yeah, you know, uh, and that was a big deal. Of uh, it, it, I was. So many people were kind of like, what? Like our mama bear is gone. What happens? It's not that I'm I'm still going to teach and share and guide in all very similar ways. And by closing the school, I'm opening the door for me to be experimenting more with my art yes. and what that is. Yes. You know, so like looking for mentorship uh, of artists who are living and breathing performance art. Um, yeah. In, in the orientation of liberation. Yes, right? in the orientation of liberation. Yeah. So important. Yeah. Well, I think that that's beautiful. A few things that you said of just not getting stuck in a label. And I love that because it's like the minute we get comfortable, of like, yeah. oh, I found my shtick. This yeah. is it. I've got it figured yeah. out. Yeah, and then it's like, let me live this out for the rest of my life. Exactly, which then would be living in an old pattern That's and you're right. not just continuing to walk on the path. Yeah. Even sometimes the path will ask us to let go of the things that we have now come to think of as defining of ourselves and That's right. the ways that we thought we finally found security, we finally found belonging. And then it's like, wait, oh, now I have to let go of that. And not be attached to it in that's a way, right. you know? And that's, that's right. it's different for everyone at different phases of, of being. Um, but I'm excited for you as you thank you work less and create more and mm -hmm. have space to just continue the transmission. Mm -hmm. Like I I was like maybe you're gonna have like a pop tour. We're gonna be on stage <laughs> like Lady Gaga, but like saw style for a, a stadium of like a million mm -hmm. people. Oh you know, like dream that dream, honey. You know, it's like whoa. It's like what what could be possible in giving space to that. And honestly, when I think of people that have changed the consciousness or evolved or elevated us together, it is the artists. Bob Marley, I mean, mm -hmm. he's one of my favorites because mm -hmm. he brought so many people together mm -hmm. in the name of love mm -hmm. and in the name of liberating your mind. Mm -hmm. You know, he was like, we have to free ourselves from the mental slavery. You know, it's mm -hmm. like only you can liberate mm -hmm. your own mind. Mm -hmm. Millions of people have been listening to his music for how many years? Hundreds of millions. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Hundreds yeah. of millions. Yeah. It's like his work is so profound and one could say that jesus was a was an artist too he was and a, a rebellious artist and people you know? still like they just the love was him. a was a radical artist yeah you know yeah yeah, yeah all of them yeah. and there is something to to letting things evolve from what we thought a few years ago we're like okay we're gonna do this thing we're yeah. gonna teach yeah. like this yeah. or we're yeah. gonna be like this <laughs> um, uh, it's so wild to continuously transform but recognizing that the true nature of life is impermanence yeah. and change. Yeah. And how can I, how can we stay as, as in the spiritual space, in the wellness space with the same offering? Yeah. You know, we're not, we're, it, it shows that, that there is, that there's something about, about ourselves that we're still holding on to. And we know that's about destabilizing labels. We know that's about liberating identity. We know that's about landing at a place of, of, 
unknown. Yes. You know, of, of merge with the great mystery. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad to finally be able to connect and to hear you and just to honor you and to honor this, even to say it out loud, even if no one ever listened to it and it was just you and I sitting and hearing this journey mm-hmm. and just giving a little marker of Thank that you. time where you said, I think I'm going to get some wigs and I think I'm going to start playing with characters and feeling the kind of push pull inside of you of like, can I, am I allowed to do that? Yeah. Can I do that? Am I allowed? And then even if I remember the first few videos that you That's did right. and then you pulled back and you didn't do any for a yeah. while. Mm-hmm. And I remember, and then I don't, I don't know what it was, but then you just came busting out of the gate mm-hmm. and just. TikTok reached out to me. TikTok was what did it. That's yeah. Right. TikTok said, I want you to come to TikTok and I want you to create content. Um, 30 second videos and i was like oh shit that's not my format i don't know how Um, but that's how it cracked up that's how it happened so 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 someone thank the cosmic mother in the form of tiktok to ask me to come permission and like uh, that it's always if we're open to something new it's like that happened to me last year where i was like oh i miss being on tv i miss performing i miss being in front of a camera and then i got a random email (laughs) from netflix being like do you want to have me on the show? And I was like, no, 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 I, I'm no, 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 I'm not actually, I'm not a relationship expert. You know, I did it. And they were like, no, you, we really want you. And I was like, no, 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 no. They're like, no, we really want you. And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, you know, and, and it doesn't have to be as dramatic for as me and Saw's karma of Netflix or TikTok re- reaching out to you. It could be something smaller. like someone, It's around you. Yeah. But noticing that sometimes the ideas that we have about what we're capable of or not, or who we are or not limit us from actually saying yes. Right. Mm. Like, Oh, TikTok, I don't know how to do video editing me. Oh, I'm not a Tantra teacher. And it's like, but the people being like, no, you can't. No, I we want know you. that you are. No, yeah. you yeah, yeah. are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So with that yeah. in mind, I just want to say thank you thank so you. much for being here. And thank you to everyone who's listening. And we will see you again soon. Lots of love. Mwah. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. For more, 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 follow me on IG at Alexandra Roxo, and you can get on my mailing list where I send poems, practices, rituals, links to upcoming retreats and events, and all kinds of goodies. And if this podcast has touched your heart, please let us know. Please write us a review, give us a five-star rating, all that. It means a lot to myself and everyone involved. Big, big love, my darling. Have a fabulous day and see you again very soon.